Chapter Six of the Surgeon's Daughter by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Chapter the Sixth, a laser house it seemed, wherein were laid numbers of all diseased. Milton after the captain had finished his business amongst which he did not forget to have his recruit regularly attested as a candidate for glory in the service of the honourable east india company the friends left edinburgh from thence they got a passage by sea to newcastle where hilary had also some regimental affairs to transact before he joined his regiment at newcastle the captain had the good luck to find a small brig commanded by an old acquaintance and schoolfellow which was just about to sail for the isle of wight i have arranged for our passage with him he said to middlemass for when you are at the depot you can learn a little of your duty which cannot be so well taught on board of ship and then i will find it easier to have you promoted do you mean said richard that i am to stay at the isle of wight all the time that you are jigging it away in london ay indeed do i said his comrade and it's best for you too whatever business you have in london i can do it for you as well or something better than yourself but i choose to transact my own business myself captain hilary said richard then you ought to have remained your own master mr cadet middlemas at present you are an enlisted recruit of the honourable east india company i am your officer and should you hesitate to follow me aboard why you foolish fellow i could have you sent on board in handcuffs this was jestingly spoken but yet there was something in the tone which hurt middlemass's pride and alarmed his fears he had observed of late that his friend especially when in company of others talked to him with an air of command or superiority difficult to be endured and yet so closely allied to the freedom often exercised betwixt two intimates that he could not find any proper mode of rebuffing or resenting it such manifestations of authority were usually followed by an instant renewal of their intimacy but in the present case that did not so speedily ensue middlemass indeed consented to go with his companion to the isle of wight perhaps because if he should quarrel with him the whole plan of his indian voyage and all the hopes built upon it must fall to the ground but he altered his purpose of entrusting his comrade with his little fortune to lay out as his occasions might require and resolved himself to overlook the expenditure of his money which in the form of bank of england notes was safely deposited in his travelling trunk captain hilary finding that some hint he had thrown out on this subject was disregarded appeared to think no more about it the voyage was performed with safety and celerity and having coasted the shores of that beautiful island 
which he who once sees never forgets through whatever part of the world his future path may lead him the vessel was soon anchored off the little town of ride and as the waves were uncommonly still richard felt the sickness diminish which for a considerable part of the passage had occupied his attention more than anything else the master of the brig in honour to his passengers and affection to his old schoolfellow had formed an awning upon deck and proposed to have the pleasure of giving them a little treat before they left his vessel lobscus sea-pie and other delicacies of a naval description had been provided in a quantity far disproportionate to the number of the guests but the punch which succeeded was of excellent quality and portentously strong captain hillary pushed it round and insisted upon his companion taking his full share in the merry bout the rather that as he facetiously said there had been some dryness between them which good liquor would be sovereign in removing he renewed with additional splendours the various panoramic scenes of india and indian adventures which had first excited the ambition of middlemass and assured him that even if he should not be able to get him a commission instantly yet a short delay would only give him time to become better acquainted with his military duties and middlemas was too much elevated by the liquor he had drank to see any difficulty which could oppose itself to his fortunes whether those who shared in the computation were more seasoned toppers whether middlemas drank more than they or whether as he himself afterwards suspected his cup had been drugged like those of king duncan's bodyguard it is certain that on this occasion he passed with unusual rapidity through all the different phases of the respectable state of drunkenness laughed sung hooped and hallooed was maudlin in his fondness and frantic in his wrath and at length fell into a fast and imperturbable sleep the effect of the liquor displayed itself as usual in a hundred wild dreams of parched deserts and of serpents whose bite inflicted the most intolerable thirst of the suffering of the indian on the death-stake and the torments of the infernal regions themselves when at length he awakened and it appeared that the latter vision was in fact realized the sounds which had at first influenced his dreams and at length broken his slumbers were of the most horrible as well as the most melancholy description they came from the ranges of pallet beds which were closely packed together in a species of military hospital where a burning fever was the prevalent complaint many of the patients were under the influence of a high delirium during which they shouted shrieked laughed blasphemed and uttered the most horrible imprecations others sensible of their condition bewailed it with low groans and some attempts at devotion which showed their ignorance of the principles and even the forms of religion 
those who were convalescent talked rivalry in a loud tone or whispered to each other in cant language upon schemes which as far as a passing phrase could be understood by a novice had relation to violent and criminal exploits richard middlemass's astonishment was equal to his horror he had but one advantage over the poor wretches with whom he was classed and it was in enjoying the luxury of a pallet to himself most of the others being occupied by two unhappy beings he saw no one who appeared to attend to the wants or to heed the complaints of the wretches around him or to whom he could offer any appeal against his present situation he looked for his clothes that he might arise and extricate himself from this den of horrors but his clothes were nowhere to be seen nor did he see his portmanteau or sea-chest it was much to be apprehended he would never see them more but then too late he remembered the insinuations which had passed current respecting his friend the captain who was supposed to have been discharged by mr lawford on account of some breach of trust in the town clerk's service but that he should have trepanned the friend who had reposed his whole confidence in him that he should have plundered him of his fortune and placed him in this house of pestilence with the hope that death might stifle his tongue were iniquities not to have been anticipated even if the worst of these reports were true but middlemass resolved not to be a wanting to himself this place must be visited by some officer military or medical to whom he would make an appeal and alarm his fears at least if he could not awaken his conscience while he revolved these distracting thoughts tormented at the same time by a burning thirst which he had no means of satisfying he endeavoured to discover if amongst those stretched upon the pallets nearest him he could not discern some one likely to enter into conversation with him and give him some information about the nature and customs of this horrid place but the bed nearest him was occupied by two fellows who although to judge from their gaunt cheeks hollow eyes and ghastly looks they were apparently recovering from the disease and just rescued from the jaws of death were deeply engaged in endeavouring to cheat each other of a few halfpence at a game of cribbage mixing the terms of the game with oaths not loud but deep each turn of luck being hailed by the winner as well as the loser with execrations which seemed designed to blight both body and soul now used as the language of triumph and now as reproaches against fortune next to the gamblers was a pallet occupied indeed by two bodies but only one of which was living the other sufferer had been recently relieved from his agony he is dead he is dead said the wretched survivor then do you die too and be damned answered one of the players and then there will be a pair of you as pug says i tell you he is growing stiff and cold said the poor wretch the dead is no bedfellow for the living for god's sake 
help to rid me of the corpse ay and get the credit of having done him as may be the case with yourself friend for he had some two or three hogs about him you know you took the last wrap from his breeches pocket not an hour ago expostulated the poor convalescent but help me to take the body out of the bed and i will not tell the jigger-dupper that you have been beforehand with him you tell the jigger-dubber answered the cribbage-player such another word and i will twist your head round till your eyes look at the drummer's handwriting on your back hold your peace and don't bother our game with your gammon or i will make you as mute as your bedfellow the unhappy wretch exhausted sunk back beside his hideous companion and the usual jargon of the game interlarded with execrations went on as before from this specimen of the most obdurate indifference contrasted with the last excess of misery middlemass became satisfied how little could be made of an appeal to the humanity of his fellow-sufferers his heart sunk within him and the thoughts of the happy and peaceful home which he might have called his own rose before his overheated fancy with a vividness of perception that bordered upon insanity he saw before him the rivulet which wanders through the burg muir of middlemass where he had so often set little mills for the amusement of many when she was a child one draught of it would have been worth all the diamonds of the east which of late he had worshipped with such devotion but that draught was denied to him as to tantalus rallying his senses from this passing illusion and knowing enough of the practice of the medical art to be aware of the necessity of preventing his ideas from wandering if possible he endeavoured to recollect that he was a surgeon and after all should not have the extreme fear for the interior of a military hospital which its horrors might inspire into strangers to the profession but though he strove by such recollections to rally his spirits he was not the less aware of the difference betwixt the condition of a surgeon who might have attended such a place in the course of his duty and a poor inhabitant who was at once a patient and a prisoner a footstep was now heard in the apartment which seemed to silence all the varied sounds of woe that filled it the cribbage party hid their cards and ceased their oaths other wretches whose complaints had arisen to frenzy left off their wild exclamations and entreaties for assistance agony softened her shriek insanity hushed its senseless clamours and even death seemed desirous to stifle his parting groan in the presence of captain seelan cooper this official was the superintendent or as the miserable inhabitants termed him the governor of the hospital he had all the air of having been originally a turnkey in some ill-regulated jail a stout short bandy-legged man with one eye and a double portion of ferocity in that which remained he wore an old-fashioned tarnished uniform which did not seem to have been made for him 
and the voice in which this minister of humanity addressed the sick was that of a boatswain shouting in the midst of a storm he had pistols and a cutlass in his belt for his mode of administration being such as provoked even hospital patients to revolt his life had been more than once in danger amongst them he was followed by two assistants who carried handcuffs and straitjackets. as seelan cooper made his rounds complaint and pain were hushed and the flourish of the bamboo which he bore in his hand seemed powerful as the wand of a magician to silence all complaint and remonstrance i tell you the meat is as sweet as a nosegay and for the bread it's good enough and too good for a set of lubbers that lie shamming abraham and consuming the right honourable company's victuals i don't speak to them that are really sick for god knows i am always for humanity if that be the case sir said richard middlemass whose lair the captain had approached while he was thus answering the low and humble complaints of those by whose bedside he passed if that be the case sir i hope your humanity will make you attend to what i say and who the devil are you said the governor turning on him his single eye of fire while a sneer gathered on his harsh features which were so well qualified to express it my name is middlemass i come from scotland and have been sent here by some strange mistake i am neither a private soldier nor am i indisposed more than by the heat of this cursed place why then friend all i have to ask you is whether you are an attested recruit or not i was attested at edinburgh said middlemass but but what the devil would you have then you are enlisted the captain and the doctor sent you here surely they know best whether you are private or officer sick or well but i was promised said middlemass promised by tom hillary promised were you why there is not a man here that has not been promised something by somebody or another or perhaps has promised something to himself this is the land of promise my smart fellow but you know it is india that must be the land of performance so good morning to you the doctor will come his rounds presently and put you all to rights stay but one moment one moment only i have been robbed robbed look you there now said the governor everybody that comes here has been robbed egad i am the luckiest fellow in europe other people in my line have only thieves and blackguards upon their hands but none come to my ken but honest decent unfortunate gentlemen that have been robbed take care how you treat this so lightly sir said middlemass i have been robbed of a thousand pounds here governor seelan cooper's gravity was totally overcome and his laugh was echoed by several of the patients either because they wished to curry favour with the superintendent or from the feeling which influences evil spirits to rejoice in the tortures of those who are sent to share their agony a thousand pounds exclaimed captain seelan cooper as he recovered his breath 
come that's a good one i like a fellow that does not make two bites of a cherry why there is not a cull in the ken that pretends to have lost more than a few hogs and here is a servant to the honourable company that has been robbed of a thousand pounds well done mr tom of ten thousand you're a credit to the house and to the service and so good morning to you he passed on and richard starting up in a storm of anger and despair found as he would have called after him that his voice betwixt thirst and agitation refused its office water water he said laying hold at the same time of one of the assistants who followed Seelan cooper by the sleeve the fellow looked carelessly round there was a jug stood by the side of the cribbage players which he reached to middlemass bidding him drink and be damned the man's back was no sooner turned than the gamester threw himself from his own bed into that of middlemass and grasping firm hold of the arm of richard ere he could carry the vessel to his head swore he should not have his booze it may be readily conjectured that the pitcher thus anxiously and desperately reclaimed contained something better than the pure element in fact a large proportion of it was gin the jug was broken in the struggle and the liquor spilt middlemass dealt a blow to the assailant which was amply and heartily repaid and a combat would have ensued but for the interference of the superintendent and his assistants who with a dexterity that showed them well acquainted with such emergencies clapped a straight waistcoat upon each of the antagonists richard's effort at remonstrance only procured him a blow from captain seelan cooper's rattan and a tender admonition to hold his tongue if he valued a whole skin irritated at once by sufferings of the mind and of the body tormented by raging thirst and by the sense of his own dreadful situation the mind of richard middlemass seemed to be on the point of becoming unsettled he felt an insane desire to imitate and reply to the groans oaths and ribaldry which as soon as the superintendent quitted the hospital echoed around him he longed though he struggled against the impulse to vie in curses with the reprobate and in screams with the maniac but his tongue clove to the roof of his mouth his mouth itself seemed choked with ashes there came upon him a dimness of sight a rushing sound in his ears and the powers of life were for a time suspended End of chapter the sixth